Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Haley, and I am joined by my magnificent colleague. My God, I mean, you know, MIT turned him down, Harvard turned him down, but that's only because they weren't smart enough or pretty enough for him. He is Michael Windsor. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty fantastic. I, I'm missing you dearly. It's 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 not as much fun to uh, not be able to uh, squeeze your cheeks while you're doing this pod with me. <laughs> well, Memorial Memorial Day weekend, I'll be back. So that's right. We got him back in the dirty four one zero. He's going to be coming back to Maryland. We're going to be recording a few more pods. I can't wait. It's going to be a hell of a time. Um, why don't we get right into it, Mike? What's what's new with you with this week? What's going on? Dude, I am fucking exhausted. I uh, I literally just got back an hour ago from a 21 hour haul where I was I was hauling a box trailer for work, and I literally dr- left last night at five o'clock. Drove all through the night, got there at five thirty in the morning, like laid in the truck for a couple hours, delivered the stuff, and then drove right back. Jesus so Christ! I, I am pretty fucking exhausted. Um, if you cut me right now, I would just like bleed black coffee. <laughs> so it, it it worked out all right, but I'm like the the one shining light at the end of the tunnel was like I was like oh we get to do one of the episodes tonight so you know that kind of kept me going so what's it like jerking off in your car <laughs> you know um, <laughs> okay I'm just gonna be honest I actually tried that one time years <laughs> ago when I was like in high in high school in like my Oldsmobile Omega because somebody was talking about doing it I was like. Yeah, you know, maybe one day I might get like a blowjob or something in the car. I just kind of want to know how this goes. I, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't focus. Like, I, I can't multitask like that. So, how fitting of a of a vehicle an Oldsmobile Omega for uh, showing your O face. I, I love it. Nothing like a good orgasm in an Oldsmobile. I've always said I, that. I, I was I was at least like on a on an empty country road. I wasn't like cruising around in traffic, like you know, making eye contact with people. I have a weird I have a weird vision in my head that you were like stroking it to the beat of. On the road again on the road again <laughs> i can't wait to get on the road again it's funny we were just talking about some of the feed and thank you everybody for listening and we, we've got some great feedback we, we got a little bit of feedback that maybe we're a little bit crude sometimes so steve and i were going to curtail that and then boom we start off with masturbation yeah, yeah, in cars good so job that's right we're, we, already, we're already failing we came together as a group and we said you know we want to give the people what they want and we want to we want to get better at this you know we want to grow as podcasters and part of that is taking as, constructive as feedback too. Yeah, as people as well. Yeah. I need to grow in my relationship with Jesus, that's for sure. And uh, and so we said, look, let's be a little less crude. Let's dial it back. Let's only talk about the jerking process and not any of the bodily fluids. And then that, that's at least a step in the right direction. But anyway, Mike, I, I know you're exhausted. I appreciate uh, you coming with a lot of energy and gusto tonight. We have a fantastic guest. I'm really excited um, to interview him. Uh, we actually have an anonymous guest for you this week, folks. And here's why. He and I uh, go way back in the bar business, absolutely fantastic bartender, one of the best I've ever worked with, but he's got a day job and he's got to be a real person. So we are going to call him Zach for the purposes of protecting his identity, um, and, and, but he's got some great stories for us. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to be doing Johnny Walker Black with Zach. Um, before we get into that, I do want to let everybody know who listened to the previous pod. Uh, that is the Annie Gladbach pod, uh, our, our wonderful uh, international bartender who was down in Australia, who was in New Zealand and Florida, told us, uh, Mike, about so many really cool like underground speakeasies and dive bars that sound really sweet. Um, it was a fun episode, but I think some of the listeners may have noticed that Mike was, I'm going to use the word drowsy. Slightly, slightly off his game. Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to make a comment on that here? 
I was telling Steve, it makes me think like I remember seeing a live performance recording of Zeppelin and uh, Robert Plant gets up on stage and he's like, I just want to apologize to everyone who came to our Edinburgh show or so, someplace because apparently they got really fucked up and played a terrible fucking show. So Sometimes you my just apologies. get really fucked up. Sometimes that's you just know, well, what you have to do. And, and here's the thing. You remember how you've said multiple times that this is like theater of the mind? It's kind of like a bar experience in your in your head. Are you going to tell me that in all your years you've never had a drunk bartender? Absolutely not. I actually think it's really fitting. I've been thinking about that more since we did the pod with with Annie, and you're absolutely right. Um, we, You were just embodying the true spirit of this podcast, which is, folks, sometimes you go into Applebee's to see your local bartender, you know, uh, Mike, and he's shit-wasted <laughs> on rumplements behind the bar. And that's just how it goes, you know? Look, order something simple, don't expect a lot, and, and just you just understand, look, he's going to pour your drinks heavy, live to have a nice evening another day, or walk right back out, I mean, and come <laughs> see Mike another time. But, no, it was, I, I'll tell you what, we, we end up having a ton of fun. It, it, was a, it was a long pod to get through. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, you know, we had to go uh, to the cutting room th- floor and be a little bit creative. Um, I can tell all the fans out there that are interested, we will have saltwater crocodile shirts at some point. Seeing as how that was the only joke Mike was able to make on the whole fucking pod. Well, and, and, uh, so and Annie and I were kind of like do, celebrating. She's moving to she's moving to Utah, so that was she's gone now. So we were yeah. kind of hanging out. So um, and honestly, when before the pod started, she told me so many other crazy stories about Australia, New Zealand. So at some point when it's possible in the future, I'd actually like maybe love to do like a little bonus episode. With yeah, her, we'll bring her back for some bonus content. Sure. Yeah. So and, you and know, that, be really cool. We'll stay sober. What'd be really cool is if we get to a point where we're doing the, uh, you know, if we do the contesting to win a happy hour with you and I. Maybe what we could do is have Annie on there um, as well because my, my God, that girl's a good time. She knows how, <laughs> she knows how to get down. So. Anyway, without further ado, that's, you know, we follow up our longest episode with the longest open because yeah, well, I'm, I'm a fucking cocksucker. So. No, 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 you're good. And before you go, I do want to give, I meant to do this last week. I want to give a quick shout out to Meg McCoy two episodes ago. She's helped um, Steve and I kind of figure out some of the audio and stuff. Absolutely. Took some, took some time out of her schedule to do that. And I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Meg. Meg and is also, our... She, Meg and Hooch are our our you know you've heard of angel investors. These are our angel executive producers. Exactly. So thank you to both. And you. and then also a quick shout out to my little brother Morgan Windsor. He let me use his really nice mic, so I didn't have to go spend three hundred dollars. So thank you very much, Morgan. I love you. All right. Any, any anybody else's uh, dick you need to jerk besides your brother? <laughs> All let, right. let me go. Let me go hop in the truck really quick. <laughs> yeah, All, right. All right. Let's get right into it. Uh, we got Johnny Walker Blacks with the infamous Zach. All right, guys, I am here with our anonymous bartender, Zach, and we are going to be doing Johnny Walker Black. Zach, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. It is a motherfucking pleasure, man. I, I don't see you nearly enough uh, or or as much as we used to when we were bartending together. How you been, brother? I've been really good. Very, I've been busy. I've been good. Been busy. I know you're working like crazy, and and uh, you know we we kind of said a little bit of this on the top of the show. We're not going to be telling uh, the guests this week what Zach is currently doing. He's got a big boy job, um, and we're not going to be giving you his his real name or even some of the names of the bars. But I can tell you, we got great stories. As I mentioned, Zach and I go back in the service industry. What? How long ago did we meet? Uh, 
six years, five years, Some, something, something like something that. Like Easy, that. right? Yeah. It had to be. I mean, what? It's twenty. It, it, it was 2014 or 15, yeah. I think. Seven years. Yeah. Man, it's been it's and it's been a hell of a ride. I, when I say that this guy is a fucking tank behind the bar, I have rarely worked with a bartender in my life that gets shit done so that I can talk and slack off. It's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. It's one of my favorite things about him. Well, well and I, I've got to say too. I think the fact that with, like we have this anonymous guest, I think that. I think we're doing something right here. You know, I know we're, we're only, this is what, episode seven. Yeah. But like, you know, I almost feel like we need to have a voice modulator for him. You know, you're working <laughs> But no, I, I think it's good. And thank you so much for joining us, Zach. No, thank you for having me again. And it's, it's one of those things, uh, a lot of people in the bar industry, you do need to cover some of their shit up. Because <laughs> a lot of stuff happens behind the bar and you go there for a drink, some food, whatever. You don't really realize what happens behind the bar it's probably good that the customers don't know half the I, shit I agree. that we got into um as as mike and i always say on this pod protect the innocent and the guilty and the guilty that's right and we're going to be doing a lot of that today so why don't we get it right kicked off with some drinks zach uh first before you pour us these tasty little scotches why johnny black tonight uh so one it's where i'm at in my life it's my favorite thing to drink at home as well but it all kind of started for me at the seafood bar. Okay, um, the place where we first worked together. Yes, yes. And we're going to just call it the seafood bar for tonight. Yes. <laughs> don't um, don't listen to any of our previous episodes. No. <laughs> now, the uh, the manager I had when I left, this was his go-to drink, and I never had it before until that moment, and it's just stuck with me, and now it's my go-to all the time. So I figured for this, for the setting, it's pretty fitting for, for my experience yeah. here with you guys. It's crazy how that stuff rubs off on you over the years. You know, um, uh, I was never a martini drinker until I met this beautiful man, Mike, Mike Windsor right here. And, uh, you know, we started living together uh, in, in Charles Village, and there was a little cocktail bar around the corner called the Beatnik. One of the best-kept oh, yeah. secrets in Baltimore at the time is this divey little cocktail bar, and they made incredible martinis. And we used to go there all the time. And, and I mean, the, the guy was like a mad scientist with the drinks. And yeah. so, you, you know. Remember and, the, the filthy Manhattan? Yeah. It was oh, a Manhattan with, with egg with whites in it. cracked egg in it. And yeah. it was so good. It really I loved was. The, I loved the beatnik martini with the beet juice. So, you yes, know, at the time, they, at the time, Mike was really into martinis. He, you know, he's working at Bluestone. He was making a lot of higher end craft cocktails. And we start making them a lot at the house. And I fall in love, you know, at that point in my life with gin. So I think it's cool. You know, that, um, you know, we're doing a drink tonight that's kind of an homage to like another, you know, bartender industry person that, that kind of, you know, kind of pass that on to you. So that's cool. All right. Well, look, without further ado, why don't you pour us up uh, a few cocktails and, and we'll get going. All right. You know, while he's doing that, you, you brought up the beat bag and I, I like protect the guilty, of course. But whenever we had um, my going away party, uh, <laughs> some of my that's friends drunkenly drove down to the beatnik because it was closing and they uh, stole the marquee sign and brought it back to me as my going away gift still one of my proudest uh <laughs> proudest operations i've ever I was, executed i was trying to protect it but i still have Thank that you, thing sir. man that meant so much to me that was that Thank was you, such sir. a great gift there you are cheers here oh that's good oh, yeah that's good it's been a and long you, day you really you really do have to be quite a mixologist too to properly prepare this drink. So I'm so, never featuring it tonight. I actually I prefer like the nice single large uh, whiskey cube in it. That's mm-hmm. my go-to. I mean, my my lovely girlfriend got me like a like a two pack of these four like molds to make and, the larger bar yeah, cubes. Yeah, yeah. And it's well, it's fantastic. 
And there's there's actually something too adding a little bit of water to a good scotch. Of course. So to, that's to what, actually yeah. Yeah, and like that's what I wanted to talk about. You know, like we've up until this point we've had nothing but cocktails right mm-hmm. on the show, and I actually think that this is a great change of pace to do a little maybe a little higher end, you know, more top shelf alcohol and and promote mm-hmm. that. So you know, Johnny Walker has an unbelievable history. They're the first ever liquor company to use square bottles, and and it's it was a huge kind of uh, change in the industry because. Square bottles allow you to ship more product. That's the first big, big thing. And the second thing that allows you to do is less breakage. Those circular mm-hmm. bottles bounce around in a crate, especially when you're shipping across an ocean on an old shitty ass mm-hmm. ship. And so you have the square bottles; they fit a little bit nicer. So that's, I, I, you know, they were really innovator in in the business. The other thing is, I mean, there's nothing like Scotch. There's not another liquor mm-hmm. that really kind of compares to that very rich. Um, very complex um, uh, flavor profile scotch. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to drink it. Zach is doing um, his tonight with just kind of one single cube. I'm doing mine with a couple cubes. As he mentioned, it's great if you can use a larger, you know, Mm -hmm. circular or square bar cube. The the ice will melt slower. So you get with the larger surface area. So you get, um, uh, you know, a, a little less of that diluted scotch as you're drinking it. But I actually tend to agree with Mike too. I like a splash of water in mine, open it up a little bit. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that's truly that's one of the, you know, more traditional ways to, to drink it. Um, and uh, it's it's funny, I actually prefer not just my scotch, but all my whiskey with a single nice ice cube, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously neat is just poured straight. And then on the rocks is with a bunch of ice. I don't want a bunch of fucking ice in in my glass, but I do like that extra little bit of water and a little bit of the chill. Now, as far as I know, there's not a name for that. So I always just call it a whiskey dead eye. And okay. what, you do, what nice. you do is you order it at a bar and you're like, yeah, I'll take a whiskey dead eye. And then they don't know because I don't think anybody calls it that. And then you, <laughs> so act, you're an like asshole, a, what you're you act like a complete asshole. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you just start bartending? You know, <laughs> eventually it'll catch on. You know what I mean? Gonna you're going to, you're going to, you're going to piss off one bartender at a time until your bad <laughs> exactly. catches on. Exactly. All right. I want, I want all listeners to take a mental note here of the person I'm dealing with on a regular basis. <laughs> Reference the last episode with Andy Gladbach. I'll say it again. So anyway. With, uh, without further ado, let's get into this. Zach, thank you for bringing the scotch. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. It tastes delicious. And I got to say, I've never seen somebody prepare such a wonderful scotch before. I do what I can. It's yeah. fucking perfect. I was prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we always like to start the show with what we call our drinking, right? We want to get a little bit of background um, uh, of your service industry experience. And so, you know, as the listeners, uh, you know, listen along and drink along with us, why don't we just first get into kind of... Tell us how you got into the industry in the first place. All right. Um, so I went to Salisbury. Okay. I, I transferred to Towson halfway through, so right before my junior year. And I didn't have a job at the time. I'm, I'm from the area. I grew up in Towson. All right. For you non-Maryland listeners, right? So Towson, Towson's a little area just north of Baltimore City. Um, Salisbury is, is like the big university down near the beach. Yeah. Towson's the big university kind of like right outside of Baltimore. Yeah. So how Zach, you out of there? Yeah. So Zach's a Baltimore resident or, you know. Towson University is where the guy from uh, Drunk History went to school. It is. Yeah, right. He actually yeah. is a Towson uh, born and raised. As is our wonderful mm-hmm. co-host Mike. So yeah. we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of tiger blood on go. this pod <laughs> right now. I came back, uh, got into Towson, and my parents were like, "You need to get a job." Okay, so I was going to every bar that would hire anyone for anything. I, I didn't care. Um, I walked into this seafood bar, and they were like, "Well, we need a busboy." And, you know, it was pretty self-explanatory. Okay. One thing to start. Pick shit up, put shit down. Yeah. Take trash exactly. out, flip exactly. ice, right? 
Um, so at the time they had like four managers and one of them calls me up an hour later and was like, all right, you're hired. I need you to start tomorrow. <laughs> and I was unemployed at the time and you know, I needed to get a job. So I was like, all right, I'm there. What time? Four o'clock. I was there three forty-five. got the shirt and that's how I started. I was a bus boy for got the shirt. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that line. Got the shirt. You know, that's how all it is it's how shirt. How true is it uh, <laughs> with with especially like those more like neighborhoody dive bar non corporate places where you go in for an interview? I've literally been in bar interviews where as I'm interviewing, they're like, "Can you start right now? Can you can you can you actually <laughs> wait on tables right now? Yeah, uh, we're so short staff. Here's the shirt. Yeah, it's a yeah, large or what, extra large. What do you what do you need?" <laughs> Well, you know, that was a very – I know uh, you listeners out there because you don't know Zach and you're not going to see any pictures of him. You don't understand that when he says large or extra large, that's just sizing for his trap, okay? <laughs> he is the trap god, okay? This man this man has neck on neck, if you know what I'm saying. Like my neck, my back, my neck, and my neck, that kind of thing. It is, this is, it is insane, man. That's why he can haul – that's why he was probably top 10 bar back in Baltimore City at the time because he can just – throw trash can and ice around. So you get this bar backing gig. How does it kind of progress from there? You're working at this, what what do we call in this place? Because I know we're kind of going to keep it uh, under wraps. I would say it was the epitome of a local hole-in-the-wall okay. place with great regulars. Okay. So, um, most of them were good. Some how old, is, how old is this place? I mean, are we talking uh, new, newer restaurant? No. So it actually opened up in like 1976, Holy shit. 75. So it's it still cooking. It's still cooking. Jesus yep. Christ. Uh, new owners from the originals, um, but they kept with most of the same food, same crowd. You know, nothing inside really changed. Okay. But it was a good community. Nice. So I, I felt, I what felt should, good there. What should we label this place as we talk about it throughout the show? <sighs> I mean, I, I would just call it a dive. Okay. We'll just call it The Dive. Yeah, That's what we'll call cool. it. All right? Um, so you're working at The Dive. You're a bar back. How does that kind of – Do you? are you in that yeah, role I was for a, a little I bit? I was a busser. Oh, you were a busser? I was a busser first. A busser first. And, just clearing tape. Yeah. And then I guess I bust for, shit, two years maybe? And it was a, it's a summer bar. You know, seafood, especially in, in Maryland, in our part of Maryland especially, is mostly a summer thing. So this place was open year-round, but I went to school maybe a mile away. So I bust for two years. Uh, in the off season, it slowed down. Off season, you know, uh, fall, fall, winter, spring, slowed down. I hosted for a little bit. I hosted for like one year, and another manager is a different one from the seven they had previously. <laughs> um, he was like, well, you know, you're a really good worker. I want you to bar back, and that's how I became a bar back. So they just kind of noticed that you were you were doing a good job. Yeah, not OCD, but. I'm, I'm a little OCD. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's, that's the, actually after we started, I had a friend message me, uh, after he listened to some of the podcasts, he's like, well, how, how do I get a bartending job? And it's like, well, you could go, you know, the Sid route and actually go and, you know, study bartending and stuff, you know, and actually be able to go in with a resume. But for 99% of the people, you just have to go to a restaurant you want to work at and you've got to get a job. You just got to get any he's job. Work. You just, yeah, you got to work, and you know you can tell the management. It's like, yeah, eventually this is what I'd like to do, but I'll put in my time. While we're yeah. on this subject, though, I do have to give a little bit of advice to the listeners. If you do want to get a bar gig, and maybe we can talk about this in pet peeves. Actually, I'll save. I'm going to save it for pet peeves okay. because this is something that I have always um, taken great pride in as um, just a little tactic on like getting bar jobs. 
there's very simple things that you can do, and I think that most people don't understand them. So they like sleeping sleeping with the manager. Of course, I mean, look, you got to <laughs> polish the knob. You know, you just got to polish that chrome. Well, that's so, how you got there. You're, you're goddamn right. <laughs> you're goddamn right. Look, I kiss ass with the best of them. Let me tell you, it, it it's probably hard to uh, even imagine that my lips can stop moving long enough from uh, blowing hot air out my mouth to kiss any ass. But it is possible, people. It is so. You, I, I mean, look, man, that is the ultimate story, right? Like you start, you, you, you moved up by merit, right? You kept doing good work and they kept rewarding you. So you, you become a, a bar back, you're doing good work. And when I actually meet you at the dive, when I start working there, um, actually the guy that I think introduced Johnny Black to you, he's it the was, one that, he's was the him. one that brought me in. Um, you were already a bartender at that point. So how did you get to, how did you kind of make that next step to bartender? They just off the, there was an opening and they said, why not? Right. Exactly. There was an opening and I, I was old enough and I'd been there long enough. And they were like, you know, we, we think you'd be a great fit. You know, what days can you work? What days can't you work? And these are the days available. And I was like, whatever days you have, I will take all of them because the money is better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was good money at the time. So I can't, can't blame you there. So yes. You know, little inside scoop. I'm going to kind of hijack uh, Zach's drinking for a sec. You know, for when when I first started working there, I'd, I'd been in the service industry for about 12 years and um, worked with a lot of different bartenders at a lot of different places. And from day one, I knew that Zach was a little different, that he could just handle a lot more. He has this almost like he has this uh, ability to block out any stress to where when shit gets crazy, He's still calm, even keel. And so we were a great team. And we ended up uh, working um, a regular Saturday shift together. It was uh, myself, Zach, and another guy, Alex Boucher, uh, who we actually talked about on the pod, um, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Um, And and I'll tell you, it was the best bar crew I ever worked on in my life. Uh, I set him up. We used to say, I set him up. You'd knock him down, and Alex would make him laugh and keep him coming back. That's one of the things. Like, you know, I'm, I'm over here doing doing all this work but steve's making us all the money so it was a good uh it was well, a good balance i can't i can't make the money if none of the drinks yeah. Yeah. it was a great it was a great balance it was a good crew yeah it was it was and and you know it's 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 special when you find that like it, you, it's it's so rare to find a good crew that you know you're walking in you you know your role you know how it's going to flow you have your regulars coming to see you and you start to build kind of a following for your crew which was mm-hmm. it, it was so awesome so that's how we kind of became friends, and then you know the the rest is history from there. So let me ask you this: you 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 you're working at the dive, um, you're bartending. Um, have you worked at any other bars, or was that really the only one? That was it. I, I think that this is the it. first, Mike. Am yeah. I am I wrong? Is this our first? Oh, uh, no, kidding. Actually, totally forgot. Okay, I, I uh, barbacked at Cooper's North. Oh, okay. Oh. For, I was there for a few years, and I was working seven days a week at the time. I don't know how I forget this because it was miserable, <laughs> and. Uh, Summer ended, and they were like, "Do you want to stay here?" But it was her. Oh, oh, it's the all right. we, can, dive. we can edit it out. So we can edit the it. dive was like, <laughs> uh, "Hey, we really want you to work more." And I was like, "I will absolutely work more." So yeah. I left Cooper's and went uh, went to the dive full time. Nice. Okay, so I, you. I, I, I've still got my Cooper shirt. Yeah, <laughs> so do I. I. I also work there. What, yeah. What's strange is all three of us ha- have worked at Cooper's, but uh, I don't think ever at the at really even at the same time. I mean, Mike and I for a little bit, but yeah. you know, Zach was at a different location, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's kind of strange how the the past crossed. But anybody that knows Baltimore knows this is small Baltimore. You can't get away. I mean, once you meet somebody, you're going to run into them. I, I got a bartender, uh, Carmen. Um, that I have worked with now at six different bars he and I have worked together at. And it, it's, it's, it blows my mind. Every time I walk into a new place, 
Um, and then he turns around, he's standing there. I'm like, again, this motherfucker <laughs> again, just kidding, Carmen. I love you, baby. Um, no. All right. I love it, man. So, so you were, how long were you in the industry in total? I guess eight years. Okay. Damn. So you put, you put in your, you put in your time, man. You put in your time. That's, it probably felt like eight to life though. (laughs) It did honestly. And I, I graduated college and I was like, wow, I don't want to do any of this stuff I went to school for. So at the time I had no, no plan really. Yeah. And you know, I was making good money, so I wasn't pressed to find something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it did feel like it was uh, eight to life. Cool. Well, look, you got that big boy job and you got out of the industry. Um, do you ever miss it? I do. Yeah. I do miss it. What's What's the thing you miss most about it? It was fun. I mean, the yeah. money was good, but like you said, that Saturday crew, like you knew what you were getting into. You knew who you were working with. And I mean, it was special. I mean, it was, yeah. I looked forward to going to work and, you know, I knew it was going to be a good time. Yeah. Even if we were in the weeds, you know, I knew. I knew it was going to be good. Yeah, there are a few jobs I've ever worked in my life where I've laughed as hard as I have at the restaurants. You know, those good mm-hmm. restaurants or with those good crews, man. It's just uh, it's yep. something special. <laughs> it, re- it really is. Yeah, those everybody who works in restaurants, man, they're just fucking crazy. You know? <laughs> most people are making decent money and they're seeing everybody come out and wine and dine themselves. So what do they do as soon as the shift is over? They all go out and fucking get fucked up and, and yeah. wine and dine and you, you end up going to the ne- the bar next door with your whole crew yeah it, yeah it's a good time get a little that stress relief well mm. look man that's an awesome story i think it's a little unique from some of the other bartenders especially when we just interview annie and you know annie's a, a lifer for sure in the uh hospitality industry and she's been all over the world doing it so i kind of i think it's really cool that you know you kind of uh were local it was neighborhood driven in your backyard um, I think that's great, man. So, all right, we're going to get right into the top 10. We call this the gauntlet. Um, these are about, uh, you know, the, the top 10 questions that Mike and I have whittled down. We took a, we took a raw lump of clay and we molded the perfect questions, or at least we think so, um, that we want to ask our bartenders. See, I like to think more of it as we distilled it. We distilled oh. it. <laughs> Golf clap for you, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm not drunk this time, so I have to say, I have to say, yeah. all that was lacking on Monday is uh, you're making up for it already. I, I can already see you feel stronger, you feel brighter. I, 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 lo- well, I love I don't, it. I also haven't. I've been driving for 21 hours with like maybe an hour of sleep, so I'm like on that fringe of like delirium oh perfect like, I, I just great I feel place punchy to be. i feel punchy i'm ready to rock and roll man yeah you're probably you're probably right where all of us have been after three doubles in a row yeah. in in summer where you got to go in for another saturday shift after that and you know if somebody pushes the wrong button you're gonna snap so <laughs> i'm actually <laughs> excited to see how this plays out over the next 30 minutes <laughs> all right so we're gonna hop right into the top 10 The first one, pet peeves and misconceptions. We want to hear sure. some of your pet peeves about the service industry or customers or, or just things that customers don't understand. And, and I am going to hijack this and give my quick one here before we let Zach go. If you are applying to a bar, if you want to get a bar or restaurant job, a couple quick pointers. Do not go in during prime time. If you are trying to apply and it's Friday at 7 o'clock, you have already done fucked up. I am not hiring your ass. You do not have the basic sense that that is the busiest time of the entire week for me. Don't do that. Number two, go in when there's a manager that is available for you. So if you go in right when they open, a lot of times the manager has to do inventory. They have to get the bar set up. If you go right when lunch starts, maybe they're busy again. 
The key time to go in is between about 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock Monday through Thursday. You ask for a manager. If they say, we need you to fill out an application, don't go home. Sit down right there at that bar, right then and there. Don't order a drink. (laughs) Do not order a drink. Order a water. Fill out that application and turn it right into him. So that's a little bit of a, maybe more of a misconception. But if you want a bar gig, keep that in mind. That is hugely important. I got to jump in really quick too. It also just like learn up on some of the basics. Um, when I was working at Bluestone, they had a very basic bartender like application that went along with the regular application. Really simple stuff like name three types of red wine, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, who's the most important person in the, in the restaurant, that kind of stuff. And I remember this one time a lady came in and applied and the management just started passing around her application because like her answers Yikes. were like name three types of red wine. It was like strawberry. Oh, Blackberry. Lord, it's like that is no that is like who's the most important person in the restaurant uh the manager like it was it was just it was a mess so just just get on google and, and just learn some of the basics and, the and it'll help you out the <laughs> yeah it's the customer yeah. it's the customer yeah if it's you can't guest. if you can't tee that one up you're in trouble so <laughs> all right so zach give us some of your pet peeves and misconceptions i'm going to veer off to the side here and we go, love veering. Go, i'm going with pet peeve we're big on veering here give us so, get, hit yeah. us Say I busser, barback, bartender. My biggest pet peeve is if you see something that's got to get done, just do it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they they won't do that. And if you are applying for a job, just keep that in mind. Like, it could be the smallest thing, but the small things go a long way. They're so not you, my jobbers. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's all, we all work for the same place. You know, just if you see something that's got to get done, just do it. Yeah. You know, that's all I'm asking for. That's for the actual people that work at the place for a customer i'll say a pet peeve is when they come back and they ask you for more alcohol in the drink mm-hmm. and that happened quite frequently yeah now was it was part of this conversation the i want more alcohol for free or i just need you yes. to, to, to tweak the drink you're saying more alcohol for yeah, free so, i mean so uh, the dive bar was not a cocktail bar people did not come in and order anything fancy it was a Miller Lite and it was a beer uh, bar. and Rumpelmint's yeah, bar. Exactly. What it was. A, lot, a lot of liquor and uh, a lot of beer. And it's like if I'm making you a Jack and Coke, it's two things. It's Jack and Coke. I'm sorry. If if you're asking me for more Jack, sir, ma'am, we we, we do all the pours the same. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to appease them, you you do the little little dab right in the straw. You you give it to them. There you go. It's good. <laughs> that's a great that's a great trick. And also if. If you do, if you are in a situation, regardless of what type of bar you're in, and you want heavier pours, it's not always going to be a guarantee, but you can kind of on the sly, you know, say that to the bartender and tip the, after the first drink exactly. and tip them really fucking well. Yeah. I've done that before, and it's been a mistake because then I ended up getting <laughs> fucking wasted, and I yeah. don't remember the rest of the night. But if you want more service from them, if you want special treatment, you have to give them special treatment too. Sure. It no goes doubt. both ways. Yeah, it goes both so. ways. Yeah, it's funny. This is back to back bartenders that have had the same uh, similar pet peeve. You know, is is these people? Oh, can you add a little extra? Can you do a few more seconds and and stuff like that? And look, I, I just I don't know where this amazing sense of entitlement comes. You are going to a commercial business with the premise of you're going to pay for shit, and then you feel like that's where you're going to like get one over. Like, you know, I'd rather give you a free appetizer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to do that either. But um, the point is you're coming here to pay for shit. You need to have it in your mindset that 
I'm gonna pay for whatever I order, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to order more That's alcohol, crazy. I'll charge you for more. But, You're insane. You're insane, Steve. And, that doesn't make and, any sense. We <laughs> want you to be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we need to appease the guest. Absolutely. But at the same time, well, we can only do so much. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, again, if somebody's really polite, even if I don't know them, it's their first time they ask for a little bit extra, I'll give them a little shot extra. If they come up to the bar again and ask for extra, then I have to say, look, I'm charging you from here on out. Yeah, now, I have to. If you want more. I, I, I gave you a nice gesture. This is, but we can't continue this way because then I'm not going to have any alcohol for, for me exactly. <laughs> when the shift's over. <laughs> All right, so that's pretty good. So what about best or worst tips? Because a lot of times these people that want a little extra alcohol, they also happen to be the worst tippers too, yeah. and they fuck you <laughs> over. So talk, talk, to you about, uh, talk to me about uh, uh, some of your best and worst tips in your industry career. All right. Um, so we had this great group of regulars. Fantastic. Nicest people in the whole world, you know. Great conversationalists, always had something to say. A lot of good old boys. And it was always worth listening to. Not always, but, you know, for the most part. And you'd calm drinks for them, you know? And that's just how, that's how that works. If you want, if you want free stuff, that's how you get it. Note that. But secondly, (laughs) they were the best tippers. Um, there's, there's one couple, uh, can we say names? Can we say names? So it's funny. Uh, Mike and I actually call our good tippers on the pod Bozells. All right. Well, <laughs> there there are two Bozells. Uh, they were they're an older couple. Um, I'm familiar with know, who you're referring you know, to. Exactly. I don't I'm even very have to familiar. Say yes. I, I saw them both. Why don't tonight, Why actually. don't we do fake names? Let's call them Dave and Gene. All right. Uh, so Dave and Gene, the nicest people in the whole world, and they would throw down. And it was it was constantly. It was we worked. I mean, I was there four or five nights a week. Yeah, and we would see them easily three. Every day. Easily, easily three, three. At, yeah. at minimum. Um, and they'd bring their whole families in, their extended families, their kids. But honestly, God, just the two of them, you were counting on 50 to to $100 tip every time, no matter what they ordered. They would sometimes, I'd get just Dave, and he'd sit there and have two beers. And I'd, I'd go, hey, where's she now? Oh, you know, she's up at work. Or, oh, she's, you know, she had a doctor's appointment or this or that. And, uh, you know, Dave would have... Uh, a drink or two, and then the next thing you know, he's out the door, and there's a hundred dollar bill yeah. sitting on the bar, wow. and and it it was just incredible. I mean, they now, they obviously those people, those are outliers. That, that no that's doubt, of incredibly course. incredibly generous, and I've known people like that too. Now you can still be a bozell in a bar if you're not if you don't have that kind of cash, a hundred percent, and still just leave a good tip, especially if it's a regular bar that you're going to, you know, all the time. Just take good care of the people that you see regularly, and they're going to take good care of you. It's really yeah. that simple. It's also a mindset, too. Like, just, I mean, both both those people and a lot of the regulars at, at the dive were, like, really seemed to care about us who work there. Yeah. Like, interested in our lives, inviting us to things. You know, I went to two of our, I went to two different of our regulars at the time, their grandchildren's baptisms um, Zach and I, I know not to get somber with it, but Zach and I went to a couple funerals, yeah. um, for people's family members. I mean, it was, it was much more of an intimate relationship with some of these regulars than I've maybe ever had, um, at, at most of the bars that I've worked at for sure. Sure. So, well, and, and we've kind of talked about it before too, that like when you're going to a bar, 
it, it is a different experience. You're, you're going to like hang out with people and, and, you know, let some steam off. Maybe you don't want to talk to anybody or maybe you want to like talk to the bartender about stuff you can't share with, you know, like even your closest family members, you know, just because yeah. it's somebody you can vent to. So you, you really do find some really interesting relationships between the patrons and the, and the, and the staff. So. Yeah. Well, now that we said all these nice things, let's switch gears for a second. <laughs> Mike, tee them up. I know you love this next category. This is one of your favorites. Oh, shit. I don't have my list in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. It's uh, it's it's uh, Ratchet nasty. and crazy. No, no, no. Not no. yet. Not oh, yet. No, no, no. Not yet. Number three okay. is uh, is nasty drinks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Worst uh, drink uh, orders. And, and we kind of had to modify this one. So, like, worst drink orders, like... Stuff that you had to make for customers that was either just really gross or really ridiculous, or alternatively, maybe the worst drink that a bartender has ever made for you. All right. Uh, so at the dive, we had like seasonal drinks. And this is not going to be like one certain drink. This is just a whole group. And, you know, they have all the ingredients on the menu. So, and they were all random. They're drinks that don't exist, you know, maybe only for this place. Mm-hmm. And... We never had the stuff we needed for them, but people would order them anyway. <laughs> and I would tell I would tell them that. Like, well, all right, I can make this, but it's not gonna be anywhere near what you're ordering. I'll get I'll get oh, it yeah. close, but and so well, I'll, why why I'll, is this a thing? I'm so confused. Like, so I wonder the same thing myself. So so Zach what Zach is really referring to is we we'd have a seasonal cocktail list. Yeah. And at any given time, and I, I, I maybe you can back me up on this. I d I don't know. At any given time, I think we're talking about Maybe we had fifty to sixty percent of yeah. the things we needed to make what any of the, the cocktails. Fuck? What is going them. on? <laughs> yeah, pour me, pour me a little more there. Hot shot. It was ridiculous, and these drinks were not like you know once in a while. It was an often thing where people would order. Oh, that sounds good. I want some of that because uh, we you know we had a special the Van Gogh vodka, which is delicious. And there, but mm-hmm. the problem is there's twelve flavors and. Mm-hmm. These drinks incorporated all twelve of these flavors, oh and my God. We, we had the vodka, but we didn't have anything else. So it, it was months of just yeah. disaster. This is that just sounds like a managerial problem. Oh, right there. I was just gonna say this is this is one of these classic conversations where, and I want to say this to every single person listening, whether you're in the service industry or you never have been. So many times when you go to a restaurant. And things are not going well for you as a patron. As a as a patron, patron. Jesus Christ, you hungry? Yeah, I think the uh, I'm, I'm half hungry, and I think the Johnnies are starting to get to me yeah, too. Yeah. Um, when you go out to a restaurant as a patron, and things aren't going well, a lot of the time it's because that place is being mismanaged by some <laughs> punk ass manager yep. who's 35, who they gave the job to with no experience, and that person is running this place into the ground. They're not getting inventory. They're not uh, staffing properly. They're not setting people up for success. They got the best bartender expoing food. They got the, the weakest bartender doing the biggest table and bar section. They they forgot to schedule a bar vac for tonight. They they don't have any you know uh, they don't have any more Coca Cola or ice you know they just forgot to put that on the inventory order you know it's it's always shit like that and so when you hear that we had a seasonal cocktail list it's made to be sold one time a year and we can't keep the things in stock to make it that's not my fault people don't get mad at me karen all right i got a shit ad i mean david over here can't keep my fucking bar stocked i don't have anything for you You want a miller light that's what i have i have miller light i don't don't order the blueberries you know that's not what i do (laughs) yeah that's right 
that like people getting pissed off at a you know at a at a fast food restaurant in the drive thru. They're like, "Oh, you're out of that. Why are you out of that? Or why why did the price go up? Do I look you really like a think farmer, that fucking sir? person knows that? Do I look like I'll a farmer, sir? Do I grow mint? No, I don't grow mint. Okay, I fucking pour drinks. All right, that's what I do, and I take your shit apparently. So yeah, I mean, dude, it was so frustrating. So that's 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 a really good one uh, as far as worst drink orders. I mean, I think that's just. Just drinks you, know, you can't make. Well, <laughs> because I mean, you don't have the shit. But Zach and I would attempt it all the time. We would. You're right. And then and then somebody would be like, ooh, this doesn't taste right. And I'm like, yep, that's because I had <laughs> one thing that's in that ingredient list. <laughs> I'll take that from you. Let me just let me nab that back. Here's uh, here's your next round on me. So uh, that's actually a good transition. Ultimate mistakes, fuck ups, either yours or your coworkers. So just I'm talking about dropping trays, spilling something on a customer, forgetting to bring shit in. Tell us tell us some of the big fuck ups that you you witnessed. So my big thing uh, was counting the drawers at night. Okay. So a lot of the times at the dive, the bartenders were the one counting the drawers. And look, we are people that are good with other people. We are not people that do math. No. So, I mean, I mean, and that even with my big boy job, you know, I'm not a numbers person. I don't Neither do I. that. I don't do that. So, I mean, I had. Remember when you were little and you were like in, in math class and they were like, "You're not going to have a calculator all the time." Yeah. Well, now everyone does all the yeah, time. Fucking yeah. joke on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah jokes on them. Yeah. yeah. So without Fuck that, you, you know, Mrs. Hall. Exactly, you're wrong, bitch. Exactly. I'd be in a lot of trouble. Wow, you're really holding some resentment. Yeah. From, from, from I've, I've thought about this many times. Is she's, it? Yeah. She's listening. Unfortunately, I can no longer do any math in my head whatsoever. So is Miss Hall the re- is Miss Hall the reason you got so fucked up on the last pod? <laughs> <laughs> she why you drink? <laughs> yeah, she's she's the reason I drink. No, she was actually a nice teacher, but yeah. So anyway. <laughs> So anyway, so we'd have to count the money at the end of the night. You're saying like, you know, it would just always get fucked up. Yeah, and w- whenever it was off, you know, if it's short, we are the ones making up for that. Yeah. So, I mean, all of the bartenders there ended up, I guess in hindsight, it worked out well for us because we started learning like how the number should be and what is missing and where did it come from. But initially, when we, whenever we're short, we're paying for that. There's a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those first like two or three weeks where you and I were closing on our own. And, um, you know, we're in a new world in 2021. We talked about the toast system kind of taking over the mm-hmm. industry and making, you know, do, you know, doing the drawer, doing the numbers super, super easy. But when we tell you that this place is called The Dive and it opened in the 70s, do you think that we had very advanced computer systems and money tracking systems? We did not. Okay. No, you can't even keep fucking ingredients stocked. No, so we yeah, can't even keep ingredients stocked. <laughs> right. And so, you know, um... We were doing paper. We were doing paper checks uh, to enter all of our credit card tips at the end of the night by hand, one by one. You know, yeah. we we used to have a separate credit card machine from our actual service computer because this bar found out that it would be cheaper for them to find a credit card company that had a standalone machine. So whenever you had to close a transaction, you had to go to the computer, print everything out, walk to the other end of the bar, oh, swipe wow. the card, bring the ticket back over at the end of the night, make sure that ticket matched up to the check. The oh. check numbers in those two systems don't match up. So it was very easy to kind of get into a situation where you're like, fuck, we're we're short eighty dollars and we have no idea where How? it came from. Are we missing credit card charges? Did we put in tips <laughs> wrong? And and you know, and then we'd be there until three in the morning. And and that did feed a little bit of our drinking. I mean, I'm not gonna sure. say I'm not gonna say we we stayed sober during this entire um ma- you know, this math Olympics that we were doing at the end of each night, but um man, it was it was brutal. That was a brutal <laughs> one for for sure. Um I think I you know, I'm I'm gonna do it. 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw myself at the mercy of our guest here. Um, most of those fuck-ups were mine. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll let you throw yourself under that bus. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. All right, moving on. All right, moving on. All right. Number five, health code violations. Tell us about the some of the raunchiest shit you've seen. Raunchiest shit. So uh, they did serve seafood. So, you know, the back could only be so clean. Um, have you ever smelled a dead crab before? Oh, I have. I really have. They are terrible. Um, it, it haunts my it's ha- it haunts my nightmares. It was, it's bad. I have fever dreams. <laughs> it's bad. Um, so as a busboy, you know, one of your jobs is is to empty out the dead crabs, you know, put them in the trash, and and they're wet. And it's not it's not just like they're wet, but like they leak and it's just smelly, gross water. And, you know, it gets, they're bottom feeders. I mean, yeah. they're just not. You know, it's the crab meat's great. If you're not from Maryland, um, you know the the process of like eating the crab is like a really you know it's a really fun experience. It's communal. You know, it's you like can't. A, it, it's like a ritual. Yeah. Right. Right. And Mike, you know, Mike's from Kansas, but Mike, you know, lived out here. So he, uh, in Baltimore for a long time. So he got a lot of that experience. But the, the thing about it I is that I love about the crabs. You have to put your phone down. You got yeah. crab shit mm-hmm. seasoning all over your hands. So you are forced to sit at a table with other people and actually have a fucking conversation yep. and actually spend quality time, which is mm-hmm. why Baltimoreans and Marylanders, why that is so like it's so special to us, like the mm-hmm. crab eating experience. But when you cook crabs, they got to be live. You, you you electrocute them, you throw them in the steam pot, you send them out to a table. If you don't sell them and they fucking die, they go smelly fucking quick. Yeah. It <laughs> is bad. It's really bad. It is bad. So um, I remember we used to like haul them out to the dumpster and toss them in there, and then it would be like a rat colony around yeah, the dumpster yeah. oh so my maybe, God. maybe maybe that's the worst part like, of it what else like, do you do with them though you have to throw them away and the dumpster was far enough away so when you're walking into the dive you don't you don't smell it but when you park over there like oh, your yeah. car might smell for a few days i mean you it, know, was, it, it was bad it's kind of funny because crabs and rats are the two animals that I most associate with Baltimore. <laughs> as, as do most people. Yes. Like, they're not the only one. I love yeah. it. I love it. And the third is these shit-ass kicking pigeons that are all over the goddamn place. I can't take them. I can't take them anymore. They're just basically flying rats. Yeah, I mean, look, the, there are plenty other health code violations from the dive, just to yeah. name a few. You know, there was a gaping hole in the kitchen line that went straight through the kitchen line to the basement. They just put a piece of plywood over it. You know, there were a lot of things like um, the tables had rust on them. And, you know, there was just open raw seafood in the raw bar that maybe always wasn't in the, you know, like if, the, the best temperature for per se, you know. The smelly crabs was, that was a generous... Uh not so bad it's just part of the business but yeah there it's a whole lot of stuff that uh you know i was glad to be a part of but you know <laughs> it's, it's it's uh it's done now yes that's right that's right well how about um ratchet and crazy customers like when you you know this is question number six we always kind of you know the way that we try to ask guests about this is is memorable how memorable was that customer? How crazy or ratchet were they? And you actually reminded me of a story that I haven't told in years. I had actually forgotten about this. But I'd love to hear it. When we used to haul these crabs out to this one dumpster, it really would be like a rat colony congregating around it. 
And I remember one time, it was myself and another one of our barbacks hauling these crabs out there to dump them. And I think Zach will back me up. What was very common at the dive is that people would get way too wasted and then they would go to their cars and they would fuck in their cars in the parking lot. Oh, my God. I do know exactly who you're talking it was, about. I, it, I, I already see where you're going with this. And, and the guy's just like, baby, is that you? <laughs> oh, God. Lord. Hello, ladies. Code 45 and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. Uh, no, seriously. I, I remember one time we're hauling them out there and I could smell the dumpster before we got 20 feet away. It was like our last like like hall we're almost there and as we're walking up to the dumpster there's a blue pickup truck right next to it and it's like rocking back and forth and i realized in that moment that there are two human beings or just one mike Windsor jerking off in that vehicle <laughs> it's not an automobile in that vehicle making sweet nasty love next to one of the worst smells i've ever smelled now, do they finish up and leave? No, they finished up and came back in and right, had more drinks, right. more drinks. And I was just like, I was be- I was bewildered. Man, I could fuck through World War Three, but if something smells as bad as a rotten crab does, I don't know if I can get Sometimes a- you just can't wait. I don't know if I can pop a jimmy. I don't think I can do it, man. I just don't think it's going to happen. But th- So that's that's a ratchet, crazy customer that I always remember. I, I can't believe I've, I haven't told that story yet on the pod until he said hole in the crab. So. Was that was that the woman that I'm thinking about? Oh, it is the okay. woman that uh, you yeah. are thinking about. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. One of our lovely regulars. What, right. a, what a special lady. Yeah. What a special lady. Um, like I, sweetheart. I don't think we ever saw the guy ever again. I think that that was like a, a side piece. A one and done. Yeah, a little, little, little crab slam, you know? <laughs> crab slam. But anyway, yeah. so so <laughs> I, I'm hogging the airtime here. Give us some ratchet crazy customers for you that you maybe are memorable throughout your service industry career. So I think it was just one big crazy experience. Um, I think, and I'm not calling them bad people, but you know, they ask you about your life and what do you do? You ask them about theirs and they tell you their stories. And some of the stories they tell you are just absolutely insane. And, you know, I'm what, how late twenties, right? So these people are, are adults and you hear about their stories and you're like, how did you make it this <laughs> far? Like, how are you 50 years old? Do I, can I tell one of the story real quick? Oh, go crazy. Okay. Baby. Okay. Go so crazy. We, we had, We're here for you. This is your rodeo. So there was this regular and really nice guy, you know, kind of weird, but really nice, you know, bad tipper, but really nice. Um, He told me one time that they had a pet rat in their house and their pet rat had, had bit his son and his son got sick and it turned into this whole thing. And they actually made a TLC episode about crazy pets about okay. him. And it, it was just, really? I don't know. It, yeah, it was. Wait, just wait, are you serious? Yeah, he was on TLC. He was. It was on TLC about having a pet rat. It was. It, I don't. don't I've seen those like. I've show. seen those like white rats. You know the ones that seem like clean. I still wouldn't have one. All right, and I'll <laughs> divorce anybody that tries to bring that into my fucking home. But Concur. but I'm just saying that's a little different. Are we talking like straight off the street city rat? Like, <laughs> yeah, he was, right. like 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 he had his own like he had his own SBCA, but all he does is him and Sarah McLaughlin go around and they save fucking city rats. Is that people have rats as pets, and that's nationwide. All right, that's not just a Baltimore thing. That's, it could it could be just a Baltimore. Lock them up. Yeah. <laughs> Lock them yeah. up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not too keen on rodents in my house. You know. Agree. They fucking they, they like they they smell. 
hamster cage guinea pigs like what, what the fuck what's the point of that why unless you're gonna eat it at some point in time i don't let's do it. it let's let's talk about it right now okay <laughs> dirty tom and his nasty ass oily ass ferret that used to <laughs> climb through the vents of the house and one night i'm sleeping and oh, all of a sudden i wake up and i have a ferret on my chest <laughs> staring me in the face you know like something out of fucking dante's inferno no, i'm like <clears throat> terrified i was no, absolutely is, terrified i, I don't, don't do rodents I don't believe that a ferret is a rodent, though. Ferrets are like, they're like little wolves, man. Is they're it a marsupial? Yeah, so, so really quick shit. tangent. Really quick tangent. No, it's not a goddamn marsupial. Um, you know what? <laughs> so ferrets are almost like domesticated out of the wild, and they're having to reintroduce ferrets into places. You know what their uh, natural prey is? Fucking prairie dogs. Is that right? Ferrets? Totally right. I love prairie dogs. They, yeah, well, so do fucking ferrets. See, I, always that, <laughs> I always thought that ferrets were more like a mongoose type no, of No, no, no. Like ferrets and minks and all those little critters, they are fucking carnivores. The way that the ferrets will kill kill a prairie dog is they will fucking grab it and they will just bite its fucking windpipe. That's terrible. And then just until it dies. And then they'll fucking take it into a hole and eat it. What about that explanation makes you want to have that as a pet? So you're, like, I mean, well, we're seriously. talking about Dirty Tom here. I mean, I mean yeah, it's a good point. Dirty, dirty Tom. He, he is not. He's not a, an average representation of the yeah. normal population. The man so. who threw up in a box and left it in that box for, <laughs> God Lord, three weeks and I lived bet. lived in that same room. I mean, he is a special guy. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's 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 pretty that's pretty raunchy right there. So, like, was this customer somebody that would like? I mean, you know how people come to the bar and they want to show you their cute pictures of their dog and you're like oh i mean yeah your dog's cute but my dog is cuter you know what i mean so that's nice like i i appreciate you showing me pictures of your dog but like can i get back to my to do, work do you really though it's like oh wow i, I haven't seen a dog before that's great it that's depends on how well, hot the person showing me the pictures well, of the dog yeah, well, well, <laughs> I'd well, love yeah that's true yeah <laughs> i it's would about, love to see your dog oh my god it's depends, like cute as a Depends on how good of a tipper they are. Since, since we're on pets as well, can I? I just want to get this off my chest that like, fuck all of the, like the little tiny like breeds of like pugs and people Don't are like, oh, that. it's so it's so cute, it's so ugly, it's cute. No, it's like if if like a pug would have walked out like you know you know our ancestors hunters get hunters and gatherers a pug like walks out of a from behind a tree they would think it was a goddamn demon they're like there's no Dog, way that that naturally evolved you gotta, anywhere you, you, you gotta stop right now okay it's not a hot take to say that you don't like small dogs you're killing us right now apple and google podcasts are already flagging us for the crude behavior in the language <laughs> if we come out as against dogs this, I love this, dogs. This look, podcast I love, is not going look, look, fucking look, anywhere, dog. Look, you have to get me straight. I love the creature as like a living being, but all that is, it, it used to be a fucking wolf that humans twisted and concocted into this little fucking thing that can't even breathe through its fucking face anymore. And they're like, oh, look how cute it is. Like, no, you fucking ruined that cute. thing. They are adorable. This is, right, most, this is the most we, passionate we, we, agreed, you've ever agreed been to disagree. on agreed this entire pod. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, pugs. So anyway, the point of the, the question <laughs> I was trying to ask is, was this guy showing you pictures of his rat like somebody would show you pictures of a dog? So not at the time, but he did pull up the show. And it might not have been TLC. It could have been, I don't know. It was one of those channels that, like, you know, no one really watches. Right, right, right. They're on during the day. And they, Fusion they or some shit like exactly. that. Right. Like if if you are eighty years old and you're watching something at home when everyone else is working, that's what you'll see. If you're on, if you're an A executive out there, um, we would we would love to get a syndicated um uh, support for this podcast. So we are saying this just as a joke. <laughs> um, do you do you remember the the name of the the rat? I I don't. 
and part of me hopes it wasn't named. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, you don't do that. It's me, too. me too. If you were going to name a rat, okay, I know this is the Bartender Rant Podcast, but if you were going to name a rat, what would you name it? Poe. Poe? Edgar Allan Poe. Poe the rat? It's, 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 yeah. What's wrong with that? I kind of want to name it Roger the rat. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, would just, I would just rip off uh, Cartoon Network and go Pinky. Pinky in the brain. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, Mike, why don't you tee up our next uh, question here in the gauntlet? Okay. Yeah. So, well, and why? Uh, so, yeah. So, this kind of this flows through uh, from Ratchet and Crazy Customers, but this is fights, arrests, and fires. All right. So, when shit's really hitting the fan, people are potentially in danger. You know, some things that happen that maybe maybe cause some people to crack, or you know, you might have had to call the police. I can't remember any. I mean, well, do you remember? You? Do you remember the fight? Which one? Oh, I say which one, and I can't remember. <laughs> which, one? Yeah. which one? So, do you remember the night that you and I are behind the bar? I think it was you and I. Or it was uh, myself and and Mike Centeni. Um, and, uh, this very, very large man that I'm not kidding, really had kind of a sumo quality to him. He was big. He had to be two or three hundred. He had to be 300 pounds. Um, he was easily six, six comes in and he's wasted. And kind of like the story you told Mike from, from episode one, he's just going around table to table, just talking shit to people. Just bugging people, giving people hell. I remember this. And there, do you remember who he knocked out? I do. And there is a video recording of That's it. That's right. And who, we all watched it. So he knocked out one of our good buddies, Pelkey. Yeah. Uh, who used to be one of our best regulars and actually a former manager of this wait, place. Wait, wait, wait. So, so is this guy you're talking about, he's uh, he's a uh, customer or he's staff? He's a customer. He's a customer. He's a customer. Okay, okay. So it's it's later at night. It's slower. There's a group of table. There, there's two. There's really two tables in the place. One table is these four kind of, you know, late middle-aged older ladies. I'd call a bunch of them cougars. And then there's another table with a bunch of our regulars, including this guy, Pelkey, who was, uh, you know, a, a, fr- a friend of the place and a former manager. Always a good tipper, was good to Zach and I. And all of a sudden, this cat walks in. And from the moment he walks in, I think it was Mike Centennial I was working with that night. Because he says to me, he goes, yeah, I just remember him turning to me and be like, Steve, this guy is getting a little extra help. And Mike used to always say that when somebody was not just drunk but twisted up on drugs. Oh, okay. He goes, I think this guy's getting a little extra help. And, <laughs> and, and so I was That's like – great expression. And I was like, yeah, Mike, I mean we should probably keep an eye on him. you know." But we thought, okay, he's just a drunk. We'll serve him. He'll be fine, right? Um, you know, and a lot of people at the dive walk, right? Sure. They walk to and from the bar. So we're, you know, we're thinking it's probably okay. And then we serve him one drink. And he starts messing with everybody. He goes over to the table of cougars. He's kind of messing with them. He's grabbing the one lady's arm. He's kind of pushing the chair. And and it gets to the point where our table of regulars that's sitting next to them gets up and kind of says something. And Pelkey goes mm-hmm. and, and kind of gets in his face. And, uh, you know, Pelkey's, Pelkey's about my size, maybe 5'10". He's two, small. Yeah, 200, 215 pounds, 200 pounds. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, he's not a huge guy. This guy's an easy 6'6". Easy, you know, 300, 350 pounds. I mean, he's an enormous man. And all of a sudden, the next thing I see is this guy's elbow go across the face oh of, of Pelkey. I saw the video. It was and good. Pelkey goes flying, <laughs> flying. He hits a chair. The chair falls over. He falls over. And the whole table of regulars jumps up and basically grabs this guy and 
tosses him out of the building. And so that's like the really rememberable fight story that I have. And I know the kitchen caught on fire a few times, but I was the keeper of the peace. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm working, if someone fights, you're fucking gone. That's right. You know, so, somebody right. starts causing some shit. He just walks up, he, he flexes those traps. So like, all right, man. Dude, you're, you're, you, you say that, but it's not a joke. Sometimes <laughs> not would, a joke. Sometimes he would I hit didn't him say just, I was joking. No, sometimes he would just hit him with one trap flex and hit him right in the eye and just completely destroy their orbital cavity or whatever that's called. I don't think orbital is right. But anyway, no, dude, those tra- those traps are no joke. You just bounce them a little bit, yeah. bounce them, and, and that's intimidating. Yeah, out of here. Send him rolling. <laughs> Get on down York Road, hon. All right, <laughs> listen. Your time's done here. Uh, I'm cutting you off. No more Miller Lights for you, hon. It's just how I sound. No more Miller yeah, Lights for you. It's, it's You're out of here. At least he's imitating me right now. I know, yes. and at least he's not doing a fucking Minnesota accent, which is what he does 90% of the time. Yeah, so. I usually do it's Minnesota, a, but tonight I'm doing relief. Baltimore, hon. You know, because we're talking about the dike. It's terrible. I think my Baltimore accent's getting better, actually. Mm. I've been working on it. I've been working on it. I, you Sorry. know, it's all those, it's all these, uh, you know, I've been working in Parkville for three years, so that helps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, Balt- the Baltimore accent's pretty subtle. Yeah, it's, Thank re- you. it's really it's really in the O's. I, I just mean in general. It's just it's it's, oh. a, it's a really subtle accent, you know. And well, fuck you, you know. Right. <laughs> it's more of just the people from Baltimore's fucking attitude is what it is. That's you like, know what? Go back to the plains. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. There, I'm in the goddamn plains. <laughs> so, all right, moving right along. Number eight, sex stories. Do you have any crazy sex stories from from your bartending experience that don't involve the couple in the car? Yeah, I mean, it can be you, and and, you know, it can be more like sexual, you know, the bartending business is very sexually charged, there's a lot of stress, we're moving in close quarters, I know, uh, we were talking before we started the pod tonight about some um, of the more beautiful staff that worked at the dive, Um, so I don't know if you want to share any any of those uh, fun late nights after we close down, you know? I mean, I think all I can say... You know, is uh, that clothes did come off? Oh, you know, um, pools was- were involved numerous times. I mean, a lot of, of running, uh, streaking, if you will, yeah, did occur. Um, there, there was a good, there was a good three to six month window there where every single uh, employee um, of age at the dive. Uh, we had like a system. It was works over. It's three in the morning. Let's get Let's wasted. Get fucked up. Get completely naked and go jump in other people's pools. <laughs> it was yeah, great. It, so you'd get wasted at the dive. We would we because you have to understand. So I'll let Zach speak into this. We don't have managers. The manager leaves at eleven. So mm. the bartender shut down, do the money, lock the building. So at eleven oh one, drinks were getting poured. All hell breaks loose. Yeah. It's yeah, a well, free for all. What, what do you? What do you? This is. This reminds me because I didn't work in a lot of places like that. Like typically, the manager is like the one who fucking locks everything up, right? And maybe may, you know, maybe if they were cool, they'd let everybody have a drink, right? Dude, but I remember I, I won't name the bar, but one of the bars that you were working at when I was back in Baltimore, and I was there for the late night, and I, you guys let me stay after you closed down, and holy shit, yeah, all hell broke loose. People smoking uh, cigarettes. People, people are Imagine this. Fucked up on the table, dance I'm, the tables, dance around and shit. Imagine being 23 and a quote-unquote adult's like, all right, here are the keys, lock up, make sure everything's good. You're 23 and you're in charge of the dive. Like, and, like that's and you, it. And you, and already know, you already know that they can't even keep most of, like, the 
uh, ingredients in stock, so yeah. Yeah. they don't know how oh, much yeah, fucking it, alcohol is going. They're not keeping track yeah. of that. So shit. you're rolling <laughs> joints, you're you're burning heaters, you're 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 just like I mean, people would just open be, the door. People would just be pulling bottles. You know, we'd be closed, and a regular or like another bartender we knew from another bar would just come down the street. They'd knock on the door. They'd come in. You know, and and uh, I mean, this led to a lot of bad behavior. When we would finally leave, everybody would be all sauced up. We would have been, you know, a lot of times we'd go out back, we'd hang out in this tent that they had out back with like cornhole, we'd dick around. And what would inevitably happen is, you know, a little sexual charge to the situation. Everybody's feeling good, feeling a little twisted. And and one of two things would happen. We would have streak races where you had to strip down nude and race to a point in the parking lot and then race back and see who won. Or we we would go find a pool. <laughs> Somebody, well, somebody's pool in the area. It de- so. depends on who's streaking. Everybody might be a winner in that scenario. So. Uh, let me say, most of the time, everyone won. There were some. <laughs> there, say that. You know, one thing that the dive was good at, especially um, once our Johnny Black manager started working there, was hiring attractive staff. He was a he was the best manager I've ever had. So, so, th- so, so this was uh, obviously after you guys got hired. Then again, fuck you. Go back to the plains, <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah, hillbilly. Fuck. Uh, it, was, it was just too easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have another loaded spud, you fat fuck. <laughs> I fucking will, motherfucker. Extra spicy, goddammit. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, while we're on while we're on the subject of of games like this, like the streak runs that you know the streak marathons we used to do. Number nine on the gauntlet is our bar hazing pranks and games. Do you remember any pranks, games, stuff that we used to do or you used to do to just try to keep yourself entertained at the bar? You know, try to keep your sanity throughout your shift. So. Y'all had talked about Alex before, correct? Yeah. So I saw this topic when I was looking up everything, and I'm like, you know what? I, I got to talk about this guy. Hilarious. The funniest person I've – funnier than you. You're a pretty funny guy, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying He's to – He's way funny. He was way funny. Hilarious. He was way funny. So what he would not do for money was – or what he would do, excuse me, for money was astonishing. He so, would do anything for money. Any, and when we say that, I mean, I, I mean, literally anything. And you know, one story really sticks out. He did a few things that were questionable. One really <laughs> sticks out. Um, so it was uh, Steve and I behind the bar, and Alex was bar backing for us. It's late night, so it's probably almost midnight. We have two, three customers, and and Alex is he's on one tonight. You know, he's he's been on a roll all night. Running around uh, uh, screaming gangster rap lines in yeah. your ear, but as Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> bitch, bitch better yeah. have my money, ha ha. Bitch better have my money. The dog gotta eat. Roo, 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 roo. <laughs> that was one of his favorite things to do. Was, yeah, I'm like, Alex, take that, take that pan back. Like, we're busy. <laughs> he would just run up to you, and, and I mean, think of like the most ridiculous gangster rap line. To the window, to the wall, motherfucker, ha ha. The sweat dripped down my balls, motherfucker. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crunk. That's not gangster rap. Just that. Uh, well, so. <laughs> Okay, excuse us. <laughs> the guy from the planes knows all about the crime. I've got the-, the goddamn internet, Steve. All right. <laughs> did you? When did you get it? This year? Last year? Yeah. Oh, okay. The pandemic's been good to you, hasn't it? It, 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 it took the horse a while to bring it down, but they got it all <laughs> wow. the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the line. <laughs> all right. So anyway, my bad. We're getting on a tangent there. So you're right. Alex would do anything for money. So this particular night, he is on one. I feel like I know the night you're talking about. It was, but I'm gonna let you tee it up. Okay. And 
so I don't know if I mean you may have been the enabler. I mean that's that's usually how it went. Was Steve was Little the one me. that was like, all right, I'll if you do this, I'll give you this, and and Alex is gonna say yes every time. So so Steve goes, I will slap you with this wet bar mat as hard as I can for ten dollars, ten dollars, and it's, <laughs> it's soaking wet and it's been there you know all night and yeah. So what does Alex do? Alex is all done. I'll do it. And there's this one customer there who's just, he's smiling. He's loving it. Smirking. He actually starts throwing money on the bar to try to get the money off. I'll give you another 10. Yeah, I got (laughs) to see this. I got to see this. And and if anybody, um, for the the non-service industry people, when we talk bar mats, what we're talking about is the rail that runs the section of the bar that mm. oftentimes you'll see a bartender making drinks on. It's a rubber mat. It's usually about two to three feet long. I'd say it's about an inch thick. Mm. So this thing's got some girth to it. It's got some weight to it's it. It's rubber. When you slap with it, it has this amazing ability to just like thunk onto somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like a cat of nine tails. I mean, this thing is serious serious pain if it's gonna slap it's gonna get in slap with a salmon i mean seriously it's 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 intense <laughs> he took it so oh, he took so it. He took it. so you know this this one crazy customer just throwing money down and and i'm in the back just like dude don't do it don't do it please and steve's like do it you fucking pussy and so you know what does he do so alex Pulls up the back of his shirt. I didn't like, even ask him to pull his shirt yeah, up. Shirt <laughs> up. He went bare with it. He pulls his shirt off. skin. <laughs> pulls his shirt up and, you know, Steve's doing the countdown and it it was loud. I mollywopped him. I, I peed myself a little bit. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm assuming because there's two sides of the bar mat. There's like the uh, not, not not perforated is not the right the word. nipple side that has all those little all the yeah, all the little tracks it, it, it can catch all it the, almost the looks like cleats on like yeah. a, on like a like a athletic yeah. shoe right so did you slap him with that side no or the I slapped him with the side? flat side yeah, that's what I thought I slapped that's him with the flat side so he would get a, a good like thunk on there but dog I hit him fucking so hard and he keeled over keeled and I want to say for like six shifts he had this. He had this straight red line on his back. I used to joke with him for years after that. I would come up to him and do the line from Tommy Boy. And I was like, hey, Alex, my back really hurts. Not so much here or here, but right here. <laughs> Is it red or anything? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> you don't get it. No, he, he, re- he keeled over in pain, shot up, ran to the carry-off section, and he was rolling on the floor. And I was also rolling on the floor, but I was I was just peeing myself. I, I wasn't I was dying. Right. Um. They all they all involve him, honestly. I mean, I'm sure there are tons. So can we talk about the other one? I haven't actually told it yet well, on the podcast. You actually I, you actually talked about a few of them on uh, Meg's episode too. I right? remember. I remember him eating one of the the fish out of the aquarium. Yeah. So he, yeah. you know we got him to eat the fish one time. So when he ate the fish, um, we, you know, Zach and I had this bright idea. Um, that maybe we could get him to go just a little farther. And at this time in the world, like Jackass three had just come out. And Mm. like, so a lot of this stuff was top of mind. And, um, we got to a point where we had such a good following on Saturdays that when we would do these pranks in these games with Alex, we would raise money. So like, I think I told the story on Meg's episode about the Mm. fly swatter. 
right? Yes, yes. Right, the I fly swatter that zapped on his face. Yeah. I want to say the kid made 100, 120 bucks off that <laughs> That's one. That's fucking awesome. I mean, people were people just putting money on the bar. It was crazy. <laughs> the one that we never got to execute, but we always wanted to, We t- Zach and I had talked about it for years, is we always thought it'd be crazy if we could convince Alex to get one of the fishes out of the tank Put it into a con. Well, put it into his ass. I knew you were going. Put and it we into were, a condom and then put it in. Well, his ass. at first it was put it straight into your ass, and mm. and we were negotiating this with him. How much money? Fish would, in a condom. How much money would it take? <laughs> and we were going back and forth. And then he got to a point where he's like, he's like, well, I won't put it straight in my ass. And I was like, <laughs> you don't, And I go, you don't know where that fish has been. Man. I go, <laughs> exactly. I go, what if we put it in a condom? <laughs> and 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 he went, eh, how much money are we talking about? And so then. We had this running thing with a lot of the regulars that would come and see us on Saturdays. Like, all right, guys, look, if we can get to $250, he's going to put this fish in his ass. What? I remember. Even, how does that even play out? Like, does how do we ask him for that? Watch I him actually know. insert it into his ass. And then what? Does he take it out? Or does he like just pull his pants back up and get back to work? Like, I, We didn't get that what, far. What's the we dismount? Actually, yeah, we, yeah. Never, we, never, we, never, we never got that far. I, I think I got as far as buying the condoms and bringing them in and you just did. being like, look what I got. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you had to go buy some, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> You probably pop one right out of your wallet. Or this does not mean talking about. Right. I'm ready. I'm ready to rock about. and roll, man. That's like shooting pool with a rope, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'll keep those bad boys on hand. You know what happened? You know what happened that one time, Tom? Uh, I mean, I'll fucking edit it out again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you remember that one time that Dirty Tom lent me one of his lambskin condoms because he's allergic to latex. I ever told you that story? <laughs> wow, are, are we doing this? So. All right, we're doing this. We're going in here. All right. Jesus. When when uh, Dirty Tom and I were bartending down in Ocean City, Maryland, he lends me a lambskin condom one time, and I proceed to have a lovely evening with this very nice lady, um, and we had a very yeah. nice time. But you're but, like you're you're fucking the inside of a sheep. That's always what it I felt think great. of. It felt. That's great. always what I think of. It like, felt great. And like even though you're in a woman, you're actually fucking the inside. Of a goddamn sheep. Hey, if it's good enough for the Greeks, it's good enough for me. <laughs> he needed that condom. She you was know? not nice. Pla- Plato, Socrates, these are the great men of our time. You know, so I, I, I mean, <laughs> I doubt they I, use how dare you? How dare you try to belittle them? I am not above. I am not above them in any way. Uh, so, so anyway, um, Tom lends me. You know, I, I didn't have any condoms. I'm like knocking on stores, like, dude, I'm about to get laid. I need this condom. Come on, come on. And he's like, you know, hey, you want to try one of these lambskin ones? I'm said, okay, I don't really care. It's fine. What? And, and it, it tastes like a euro. It's great. So Tom, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, Dirty Tom is allergic to latex, and so this is something they had to have. And and you know, it there was no issue with the condom. It was great. But Tom didn't tell me you have to take the condom off immediately when you're done, because what'll happen is that the second that you're done having sex, because it's lambskin, it will solidify to your penis. It will like con. Ooh. Hold on. Yes, we, we, we've got to unpack this because when when the lambskin condom mixes with semen, it will immediately like turn to cement and cement itself to your cock. So I what? fuck, I fuck. I'm a little drunk, and so I end up falling asleep, and I end up sleeping through the night with the condom on my cock, and I wake what? up. I wake yeah, up. Exactly. Th- thank you. What yeah. the dumb, fuck are you guys, doing? What's I wrong know. With dumb. You? Dumb. Listen. I'm not here to adjudicate whether or not I'm stupid. I'm here to tell a story, okay? So the next day I wake up, 
Next day I wake up, I still have the condom on, I go to the bathroom to piss, I go to take it off, so I can't your, your get dick, it It's off. like your dick accidentally you looked Dog. at Medusa. I, I can't get <laughs> it off. Stuck it's stuck on there. It literally looks like paper mache on my shit. And I'm like, oh my god, I've made a mold. <laughs> you know, like I can sell, I can sell, repl- I can sell replicas of this dick Where, around the world. Where's, where's my nearest quinceanera? <laughs> That's just wrong. That's so wrong. That's so wrong. We're gonna get flagged, dude. <laughs> We're gonna get flagged. So anyway, so um, I could not get it off. I couldn't tear it off. It wouldn't. Uh, you know, there's nothing I could do. So that's why I spent the next four hours of my life in the bathtub, my legs up on the wall, water stream, hot water streaming down, with a pair of scissors cutting it off centimeter by <laughs> centimeter, trying not to cut my own dick off. It was one of the worst experiences See, of my entire fucking where, life, is, dude. This is where I doubt a little bit of your story. I do not believe that the moment you come, the the the, the I'm not saying the moment. automatically. Not, no, 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 you know, no. just like I'm solidifies. not saying the moment. I'm not here to besmirch, yeah. you know, Trojan brand condoms. You can't condoms. let sheep. What well, it's it's not even sheep skin. It's sheep intestine, right? Look, all I think, I'm right, saying isn't is this. that right? All so you I'm can't, is you can't leave sheep intestine on your fucking member all night long. Nobody told me that. I didn't know. You should that. just. You should just know yeah. that. Why did you? Keep I didn't know in the first place. I that's, didn't know. That's I, my. First question. off, I didn't intentionally leave it on. Okay, look, let's move on. Let's move on here. I feel like I'm <laughs> getting. Like, let's let's we're avoid. We're gonna this. talk about this yeah. later, Steve. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting crucified. We're gonna cut this section just, out. We're, we're cutting this out. <laughs> we're crucifying the lambs. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna crucify the lambs. <laughs> all right. So number ten, you're through the gauntlet, Zach. Last question: firing and quitting stories. Give us your best middle finger to the sky. Fuck this. Play it's a, a, a category we affectionately refer to as getting 86. Getting 86. Oh, wow, that's good. Um, I don't have one, man. I got this big boy job, and you know, I, I told them all, and it was kind of a two week deal, and and I left. Uh, and do you remember? Any... To, that's the best way to go out too. Like, yeah, and I respect that. You, you know, the, the 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 great you know crazy quitting stories are fun to hear, but like. It sucks to leave on bad blood with anybody, you know. There's, well, there's been there's been people um, from some of my jobs where it's like you said, it's small to more, right? Yeah. So I left some restaurants on bad terms, and then I ended up seeing some of the managers out that I kind of had, you know, this riff with, you know, at other people's events and stuff. And I ended up going and, and do, doing what I could to make up with them. You know what I mean? They were the ones who fucked up. Don't get me wrong, you know. But like I was a dick about it too. But, you know, I went up, you know, tried to tried to make, you know, make amends with them, you know, and, and it was nice to kind of get that closure and, and move on from that. But you know, nobody really wants to to, you know, really, you know, walk out of a job, you know, with bad blood between anybody. I, I think the best example here, though, and like I know Zach has some of these is we saw a lot of people get fired. From yeah, the dive. we saw so many people. get That's fired right. From the dive. So, I mean, I know we had some pretty epic firings. You know, yeah. I'm gonna do uh one more scotch. Just You're gonna do one more scotch? One more. I'll do one more scotch too. Why don't, why don't you give me one more scotch? I'm gonna have another ice cube too. I'm gonna throw that bad boy in there. I feel like all these stories are kind of like uh you get pulled into the office and they're like, You're fired, and people are like, Alright, well fuck you. Like fuck you know, you know what I mean? Like there's really you well, got something yeah, good. But you know what's funny? There there, there are like there are kind of like uh, stock ones uh, that are a little bit like bar tropes. So I'll give you a good example. You know, Zach and I used to work with this gal at the dive called um, Chartreuse. I'm gonna use the name. I'm gonna use the name Marielle. Okay, that's a good one. I'm gonna use the name Marielle, and and you know she was um, a character, drug addict. 
She was a character, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> she what, what? What is it? She was working with something a little extra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's getting a little help, Steve. Oh, that's what it is. That's very what it is. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very She's nice. All help. Very nice woman. <laughs> um, yeah, you well. know, sweet as sweet as hell. Just just a lot, you know. And if you were a coworker, she was so nice to you. But um, you know, she had been there probably a decade. She had she was there for so long and. I remember the day that she got fired. I walked in and she was supposed to be there for a regular shift. I go, hey, where's, you know, where's Marielle? What's going on? And and the next thing I know, they go, yeah, well, I just remember one of the managers going, yeah, well, we can't have eight bottles of Fireball disappear yeah. in a month yeah. <laughs> and, and keep somebody here. And I go, I said, so what now? <laughs> What's it mean? <laughs> so apparently, apparently not only, uh, unfortunately, was Fireball her drink of choice, but she was slugging, <laughs> slugging. Now, did she work like three, four days? She probably worked five, six days a week, yeah. maybe. So she was there a lot. But, I mean, this girl was housing, like, handle. Like an impressive <laughs> amount of Fireball. Like handle <laughs> bottles of Fireball. Like a dangerous amount of Fireball. And I think, um, fi- you know, we never had um, we never had bar metrics. We never had any inventory on liquor or beer there. But so it's it's, it's really like a testament to how much yeah, she drank much she was actually, for them yeah. to notice. Yeah. We don't have any in the ing- of the ingredients for our cocktail list. Yeah, and they exactly. noticed how much yeah. Fireball she was drinking. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? So that's a that that's one of the firing stories that always sticks with me. I mean, I got fired from the dive four separate times by three different managers, and I kept getting brought back. So we used to always joke that the running joke was you don't really work at the dive until you've been fired. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I went back you know, after I got my big boy job, and uh, you know, I picked up shifts every now and then. But I think the uh, the days of the Mm-hmm. of the bartender closing and the and the drinking after uh you know 11ish we'll say we're done um you know that kind of caught up to me and they were kind of like yeah we need to just hire someone you're out yeah so I, I wouldn't say a fire but i think the the days of the of the wild times were done yeah mm-hmm. yeah wow you know that's a, a very fitting befitting way to kind of wrap up the gauntlet. I'm proud of you. You got through it, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot to throw at you, and you took it on the fucking chin like a champ. So we we do like to um we do like to get better. You know, Mike and I are are humble people. We know that we are not the best at this. We are continually trying to improve, become better podcasters and better interviewers. And so one of the things that we always like to do is a little bit of a cleanup section. We call it our Hauser driving. Um, so can you give us an idea of maybe questions we didn't ask that you'd like us to ask that we should ask other bartenders or any other recommendations on foods, drinks, restaurants, or just questions that you might have for the show? Hmm. Is there a place maybe you're going a lot right now, you know, or, or an alcohol you're really sure. into? Um, so if you live in Maryland, I know you work there and this is not an endorsement, but it's just. Spectacular. It's Das. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Das yeah. Beer Hall. Das Beer Hall in Park- Parkville is it's spectacular. Their beer list is phenomenal. Yeah, it's one of a good. kind. Yeah. Sure. It's, uh, so the, the yeah, owner is a really good my... dude. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, no, I, no, I, go just ahead. Wanted, <clears throat> I wanted to tell you my favorite thing about Das Beer Hall. Right? Sure. Which actually first was my least favorite thing about Das. <clears throat> so I'm a big music lover. And uh, music really adds a lot to any experience. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And I would go to DOS and, you know, obviously because Steve was working and stuff and uh, the music was fucking garbage. I mean, it was like these fucking like clubby. It was like this like underground, like East German, uh, (laughs) like clubby remixes of popular songs. I'm like, this 
is fucking terrible and they're blaring it and like i just dealt with it i didn't want to complain because you know steve's working there and stuff but eventually after we'd been there multiple times i started like this is fucking terrible music what's going on and steve's like no you fucking idiot you can request anything that you want to hear and someone picked this bullshit yeah. yeah, and I was like, wait, really? And then I just like fucking, it, it's like a free jukebox. And I just whip out my phone. I start playing, like, play yeah. this. You're wait, wait, play this. And then, yeah, it was a great time. I really enjoyed so, that. So that's, yeah, that's one of the things that, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough working there, especially when you're busy. But we kind of have this, like, we will play anything policy, mm-hmm. you know, and that's always been. Um, that's always been like a big sticking point with the owner. You know, the owner, the owner is one of, I think one of the most, not just incredible people that I've ever known in my entire life. Him and his wife are just amazing human beings, but they are the best bar managers and bar owners I've ever worked for. And I've been doing this for almost 16 years. They're just good business people, but they get it. They get it. They get the service industry. I mean, like, and it's, it's, I can't say enough. I mean, honestly, God, we Great. haven't talked a lot about Doss in this pod, so I'm glad that you brought him up because, I mean, we really do need to give them the recognition that they deserve. But, you know, they do they do everything right from the way that they hire to the type of people that they hire to the, the leniency. Like, how many restaurants have all of us worked at where if, if a customer wants to have a drink with you, a bar manager is like, no, no drinking yeah. behind the bar. You know, it's an open policy that we are, we are really the atmosphere – um, uh, setters at DOS and we need to have fun with our customers and make sure they have fun, you know, and we don't get, you know, we're not trying to get wasted. We're not trying to drink on our own time, but we are trying to make sure everybody has a good time and they get that mm-hmm. and, and they empower us to do that. And that's, I think a really special thing about that place. And Mike's so right. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in there and I have to listen to, um, I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston six <laughs> times in the same. No, no, I love that song. I'm not talking bad on, on Whitney. I'm just saying six times in the same night, but, but that's because we let our customers dictate the vibe. Mm-hmm, sure. And that's a big, that's a big thing about what's made this place so special. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Zach and his lovely lady are, I would, I would consider them to be, um, remote regular. So not there as much as I'd like them to be. They don't live super close. Well, we live on the other side of the city. So, like, yeah. I mean, if you're not familiar with Baltimore at all, basically it's right by the harbor. So you have like east, north, and west. So Das is – it's in Baltimore County, but it's on the west side of the city. East side. Yeah, you're right. You're right. East side. <laughs> east side. The, 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 J, the JV is hidden. The JV is hidden. Yeah, the JV is hidden. So girl. I live on the west side. That sounds cool to say. There so, it is. Um, yeah, so I mean I live you wiggity, know, wiggity, 25, wiggity. 30 minutes away. So uh, – you know, it's it's great people. The owner's great. The manager's great. The employees are great. The vibes are great. It's so crazy. Pretzels it's so, are fucking great. They yeah, are. The pretzels we, are great. It's, you gotta, it's if you go to Dallas, you got to get a pretzel. Yeah, yeah you, you do got to get, get a pretzel. That, you got to get that grainy fucking mustard, man. You got to get that. That's but what, the sneaky yeah. best thing is the jalapeno raspberry jam. That's the No, that that's is good, too. Hits, that is good, too. for the third. You know, you know, it's – um. What Zach's just saying about how far he lives from the bar, that's why I call him like a remote regular. But that's the special thing about this place. I have never worked for a local community bar or restaurant that has so many regulars that live so far. Yeah. We have a group of regulars that come three times a week and they live in Annapolis. And if you know the wow. Baltimore area, Annapolis is a good – like a solid, solid hour from this bar. It, it, it is a mess 
also to get like out of Severn, around Pasadena, up through Baltimore City, up to Northeast Baltimore County, and and, and just like that drive alone, like I, I gotta be honest with you, if I lived in Annapolis, I would not be going to Dallas three days a week. But we have the, like those people exist, and it's because we have such a special thing happening. It's destination. At this it is a place to go, and so I, I I encourage anybody in in the Mid Atlantic from Philly down to Virginia, Northern Virginia. You got a free day. Come up to Das. You bring your dogs. You have a bunch of big beers. We, you know, we we are a beer centric place. We do the the thirty two ounce giant German steins. Uh, you know, we have the Das boots, um, and we have a fucking damn good time there. Yeah, so um, please come up. It's it's so much fun. I work every single Friday night. In case anybody so go on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> so That's right. That's right. Because I, I don't want to have to put up with y'all bullshit. You know. <laughs> All right, well, this is our wrap-up. These are our closing questions, the last kind of things we ask you, and then we're going to get you out of here. Um, first off, why do you still do this, the AKA why do you hate yourself? It's a little different because you don't do this anymore. I got, I got a good answer. But imagine, imagine, you know, kind of like why Why did you put up with so much crap in the service industry? The money was good. God damn, it's the, good. Look, the money was good, and <laughs> it's, it's a lot of good people. You know, you hear a lot of shit about, oh, you know, the – the service industry is riddled with just delinquents. And look, I love me a good delinquent. All right. And they're, <laughs> That's good, right. they're good people. All right. They're That's not right. Well, when I say they're, most of them are good people. You know, there are some bad eggs, but they're good people. Yeah. Yeah, they're special. You know, I they let you slap them in a god in the face with a goddamn uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've never beat myself so hard in public. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was disgusting. I think the thing for me is that uh, I I I always used to joke around. Um, you know, you both I think have met um my my ex uh, uh Sydney Borchman, one of my best friends in the entire world. She was actually on this podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was also on the podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm telling this story because I'm thinking of a time long ago when we were uh we were dating in college and i i remember i used to tell her um when I, when i meet people i have such crazy add and i have such like i feel like short-term memory loss <laughs> that that like i need you to make an impact in like that like like quickly i need you to to like register I need you to show me that you are an interesting enough person or that there's something there that like I want to gravitate to you because I am so blessed with amazing friends and family and relationships and like I always have a capacity for more people and more friends and more great relationships in my life. But dog, if you're vanilla, if you ain't got no personality, if you can't move the motherfucking needle, if, then if it's the just not going to work for me. If the most interesting thing about you is that your child got bit by your pet rat. It's yeah, just, it's not gonna yeah, cut it, man. Yeah. No longer want your money. Yeah, it's no longer good here. I want to hear about saltwater crocodiles and ratchet ass crab sex in the parking lot. And I mean, you know, there's there is something about the service industry that 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 breeds interesting people. It's special. Yeah. It breeds yes. interesting people. It, it make it puts this eclectic group together. And you know what's what's also awesome is if they're not interesting, if they're not fun, if they're not eclectic, they don't make it. Yeah, it or, weeds, the, or, weeds or those people just, out so quickly. Or they're fucking crazy. Yeah, well, that's those people. Cool. Though, yeah, it, it's interesting. I say yeah. this with love. I say this with love. The Jill Lintowski episode is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna have a lot of fun. But anyway, all right. So, last question: If you opened a bar, what would you call it? 
There's not or, these well, questions enough. So alternatively, if you don't know what you'd call it, like what would the theme of the bar be? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Hmm. I just feel like something local would be cool, just because the bar that I worked at was like, you know, I, I was at one place primarily for such a long time, but like, you know, I've met a lot of good, like Steve. You know, I'm only here tonight talking because I met him at this bar. You know what I mean? So like, and that that was eight years ago. Yeah, it was, a, know, long it was time, a long time ago. It was crazy. So, you hated me when you first I fucking me. hated yeah, you. Yeah, we didn't even get to get into this. Let's do this now. Actually, I'm going to hijack this question. Go on. Go All in. Right. Go Just in. Just real quick. Like, so I'm bartending. Me and the manager, we met a few times. You know, we got a good thing going. And he's like, all right. I'm, I brought this, my, is, this is the Johnny Walker this Black is, This manager. is the, the JWB. He introduced it to my life. All right. I love this guy. So he's like, I brought my boy from, from Cooper's down in Fells Point. Uh, it's in the city. He's a great worker. He's a good guy. Steve's over here running around like a fucking madman. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at him and I'm like, he is like a, a squirrel on crack. Like, who <laughs> did you bring here? And, you know, and then years We're later. We're trying to have a laid back local bar. Yeah. You're fucking up. You're fucking up the equilibrium, bro. Look, we ended up <laughs> we ended up living together for a while. Yeah. So I, I think a, a big part of if I were to have a theme of a bar, it would it would try to be. Something local, you know, whether it's in Baltimore, yeah. whether it's in Philly, whether it's, you know, any any city you go to. Yeah. I say Philly because it's close. Local bar, town local, bar. Ba- ba- yeah. yeah, basically, just kind of like the, I, I fucking love dive bars. And yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. You know, I, you, you mentioned the beatnik earlier. What did they have written on the door that went inside? It said, fuck hipsters or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like most well, people well, in there were kind of like, they weren't, you know, the, it wasn't the really fucking, you know, mustachey hipster type. But it was like just fucking regular people working, you know, where the fuck ever. And they're just all going in to have a good time. You know, the dive bar you guys are talking about, just a place where people enjoy themselves and it, it's not this club or this high volume place. Well, you can also place- you can also push back. I think that's the most special thing about a dive bar is as an employee, as a bartender, if you're mistreated, mm-hmm. if if there is this lack of respect or there's a customer that just doesn't fit the vibe, like they don't mm-hmm. want to have fun, they don't want to assimilate themselves to this environment, you can push back. Like you mm-hmm. can really talk shit, tell them to leave, tell them to go. We don't need your money. That was a special thing, I think, about that place too. You know, and you can't do that. You can't do that at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> B-dubs. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, the opposite end of the spectrum there. It's been a running joke to talk shit at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Their wings are good, are they not? No, they're, they're fucking not. They're if you want great wings, though, can I name drop one more place? Do it. Eyebar. Eyebar. Right. It's, it's like it's Fuck like yes. two blocks north North Avenue of all the greatest wings that have ever been. Look, I will not order wings at any other bar because of Eyebar. Dude, Eyebar is the shit. It really yeah, is. That's all I got. What a way to end this amazing pod. I had so much motherfucking fun. Like those stories were amazing. Glad we got to get into a little bit with Boucher. I love that motherfucker. He's a man. Manager Johnny Walker. Um, these cocktails are hitting. Give me a little. Give me a little cheers here, buddy. I mean, it has been an absolute blast. I hope you had fun as well. Thank you for all the stories and all the memories. Um, guys, you, we are going to stop. Yeah, Go I'm ahead, just glad, I'm, I'm just glad I'm going to remember this episode before I edit it. So that's, <laughs> that's nice for me. You know? on, that, on that note, on that note, I'm going to down this JWB. And uh, I think Mikey and I have an outro to do. So we're going to see how much I can slur my words on that one. I hope you all enjoyed it. See ya!
everyone. We really hope you enjoyed the show. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad Zach got to come down and hang out with us for a while. Um, if you enjoy the show, we do release new episodes every uh, first and third Monday. But right now, we're trying to do um, once a week. We're, we're gonna we're gonna shoot for every Monday for each month, and we just gotta get a little bit of a backlog going. So bear with us here as we kind of figure that out. Um, as always, a big shout out to our friends at Trauma Parlor. Thank you guys so much for uh, letting us use your song, The Fast One. You guys heard that throughout the show. If you enjoyed that, please go and check them out. They're on Facebook. They're on Spotify. Seriously, these guys are fucking great musicians. They've got some really cool songs. Please go and check them out. Yeah, I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. They've been so good to us. Um, you know, if you want to be one of our regulars, please, it helps us so much. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, at the BRP Drink Along. You know, we always say, don't just listen along, drink along. Uh, you can listen listen also on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Uh, you can probably hear me enunciating really hard because that Johnny B is hitting and I am slurring my <laughs> shit. Uh, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We really need the personal validation. That is that is true. We really do. <laughs> so, um, and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, um, we've got a uh, Patreon set up at the Bartender Ramp Podcast. VIPs are always going to have a spot at the bar. You're going to get access to bonus content. You know, we're, we're constantly looking for new ideas for new bonus episodes that we can throw on there for you guys to check out. Um, we're also going to give you guys the opportunity to vote on new episode content. Uh, Steve and I are going to be going out to some crazy bar towns. We're already planning some trips right now, and we're going to give those VIP uh, you know, listeners, the chance to kind of tell us where they might want us to go, or maybe you know some of the bars that they want us to check out, and maybe find some new people to interview. And as always, you get a ten percent discount on all of our merch. Yeah, and and look, uh, if you want to be a big tipper, I mean, I was going to talk about our big tippers, uh, but then my brother walked in. But if you want to be one of our big tippers, aka one of our bozels, and let me just hit you really quick because we kind of talked about this at the start of the show. When we say big tipper, we are talking about anybody who wants to contribute to at all to what 50 we're doing. Fifty cents, right now. a dollar, you know, a quarter, we're, we're, a penny. We're, we're, we don't what? care. This is seven episodes in. We are not looking for anybody right now. I'm not even going to start hitting on that shit until we're like twenty five fucking episodes in. But if you guys like the show, if you guys want to help us, you know, contribute and be able to go more places and meet more bartenders. Anything that you can give, we greatly appreciate. We'll be sure to give all of our VIP listeners and all of our Bozells a big shout out at the end of every episode. Uh, so yeah, anything you guys want to contribute, you know, we would greatly appreciate. We we really would, and and I'm sure anybody that has a good ear just heard, heard the jingle jangle of my brother's dog's collar going off there. <laughs> if you're a huge tipper, we'll let you come out here and pet him. Um, feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. Look, Mike and I love doing this because we love the service industry. It's something we're passionate about. We've worked in it for years, and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming, and we can interview people all around the country or all around the world. I mean, the, the way we'd love to see this go is years from now, um, being able to, to fly to Melbourne and go to some of those dive bars and talk to some of those bartenders um, that Annie Gladbach told us about, or, or, or go all over the country to, to whatever bar or local um, restaurant that you love and talk yeah. to your local bartenders. And all on your fucking dime. That's where we want to see this. <laughs> so I lied when I said we only need personal validation. I also need your money. Okay. No, seriously. And as always, don't just listen along. Fucking drink along. 
Enggak ada yang mau.